on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, good morning. It's a top of 20 degrees, nice and sunny. Spring is on the way and we are here in SENSA's Studio Lumo at number one King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA and City Discount Tyres, four-wheel drive tyre deals are on now. Bryce, we've got a very special friend of yours who is uh, going to be with us in a moment. But before, before we get to that, I wanted to know why Sloane was left out. And I think it's pretty obvious because he's had some eye problems over the journey. Sloane, he won't play. We just we just will not take a risk around and that, especially with, with the history that Sloane's had around the eyes. Um, so that gives an opportunity to a couple of other players who are going to come in really hungry. And that's what we're going to have to be this week. Have you ever known a player to get that many eye injuries as Rory Sloan has? Well, maybe he's got the conjunctivitis that's going around, Tom, <laughs> that, you, uh, that you're picking out there's of your, uh, your eyeballs at the moment. But no, there is no, there's no risk they need to take yeah. with him. Obviously, he signed his new contract. It's uh, pretty sensitive there. If he gets another poke in the eye, it could be, could be danger for him. So, uh, yeah, they don't need to take the risk. Bryce, uh, you're hanging up the boots today, as we just touched on earlier, and we thought, what a great opportunity to get your best friend and former number one pick from Carlton, Mark Murphy, on the phone. Good morning, Mark. What are you up to at the moment? Uh, yeah, good morning, boys. Uh, just uh, just looking after the kids, actually, on a nice Saturday morning. So I went back down to the park and have a kick with the young fella, but uh, just taking it easy and just hearing so much news about the big fellow hanging up the boots, so I sort of jump on the phone. Oh, fantastic. Thanks so much for calling in for us. Um, what What are your first initial memories of Gibber when he came into Carlton and you guys slowly started building a, a friendship there? What were your first impressions of him? Uh, well, first of all, I was pretty impressed because he actually turned up probably about four or five days late because he's <laughs> down at Victor Harbour on, on schoolies. Uh, it was a bit different than my first year when I was I just lobbed up on a Monday morning and was, yeah. was straight into the thick of it. But uh, Gibbsy obviously had a bit of pull and turned up on the Friday following the uh, the draft of the week before. So he um, he obviously played some pretty good cards early on. But um, no, my my initial thoughts were uh, obviously hugely talented, um, still baby faced, pretty much like myself. But uh, mm. Yeah, no, he, he came in and he um, he probably wasn't the fittest bloke going around. He probably was never the fittest running a, yep. a 2K time trial, but um, he was uh, he was pretty pretty impressive. I remember watching a lot of his his highlights playing uh, back at Glenelg when he was a, a young kid and, and dominating playing senior footy. So yeah, it was uh, it was a big thrill playing with him for a lot of years. Uh, the boot gives we used to call him, but um, he's obviously had a, a huge career. At, uh, at AFL level and, and obviously the Sanford, Winnie and McGarry, but uh, just hugely talented and, and someone I love playing footy with. Nice. How would you describe your friendship, your relationship that you guys have built? Is it a special bond? Oh, yeah, special bond. We obviously shared um, a lot of years playing football together, but obviously being both number one picks, you, um, you come in with a lot of expectation and mm. uh, there's obviously a big spotlight when you're playing at a big club like Carlton, but... Um, yeah, we, we probably didn't take ourselves too seriously. We we worked pretty hard trying to, to get the club back to where we wanted it to be and, and trying to play in big finals. Unfortunately, we sort of we had a few few uh, big games, the MCG, which were, were really fond memories playing against Essendon and, and Richmond and winning those games. But we, we unfortunately lost quite a few uh, close finals interstate. But, um, yeah, I think we... 
we try to try our best to try and get the club back into to playing finals and and having some sort of success. But uh, unfortunately for us, we didn't have that team success. But I think um, I think the way in which he he approached it, he was 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 really selfless in the way he actually played because he was sort of a Mister mm. Fix It for a lot of years for us. He played on. Uh, some of the superstars of the game, and Adam Goods and, and Blanket with him, he played up forward, down back, on a wing, through the midfield. So he was sort of a jack of all trades, Gibbsy. And um, yeah, it was always always that player that Rats certainly called upon to to play various roles for the team. So that was something that really stood out to me was just the the ability to play all over the over the ground with it, wherever the coach wanted him to play. Yeah, people sometimes forget that that you started Gibber. Uh, doing a few tagging jobs on Adam Goods and some of the game's best, and that was probably a good apprenticeship to turn you into, uh, you know, the inside-outside midfielder that you became. Murph, have you noticed any quirks about his personality over the journey? We've just covered the on-field stuff well, but off-field, we know he's not the straight bat that he, you know, that he's presented to, to the media over those years. There's there's a loose cannon named Bruce buried deep inside there. Uh, do you have any off-field memories? Oh, oh, plenty. I'm not sure where He's <laughs> certainly got an alter ego, um, yeah. Bruce, that you he uh, he certainly had some some funny moments off field. He was very very well performed on Mad Mondays and mm. was a leader of footy trips for for quite a number of years. I I do remember one, missing one footy trip. I've never heard the end of it. So I think he was <laughs> I think it was probably eight or nine in a row. Gives you unfortunately for for probably players these days at AFL level they don't really do the footy trips. But gives you was certainly the leader of men when it came to to organising footy trips. Um, he actually came over and and, try, and wanted to start a faster pasta food chain over here, <laughs> a restaurant over here. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, he couldn't believe he couldn't believe it that um, there was no faster pasta here in Melbourne. There was, I think, they were littered everywhere throughout Adelaide. But yeah, he, he quickly he quickly learnt that uh, Melbourne's a different dynamic than what Adelaide is. But um, we always had some big ideas standing at the bar over a few beers, talking about how we're, we're going to go into business together and talk a lot of rubbish. So it was some good times. Yeah. So by the sounds of it, he had a very dull. Uh, food appetite, not not very many options. Didn't want to expand his horizons beyond pasta. Uh, leading into you know his footy games, um, Murph, watching the Blues from afar now, just pivoting. What what are your thoughts of their year and how they're going? Yeah, well, um, it's certainly been a roller because he hasn't. They they started off okay and were doing well for probably the first five or six games. They were, probably weren't playing great football, but they were managing to hold on and win. And then they obviously went through that really tough period where they um, just looked like they couldn't score. They, I think they probably averaged 52 points, I think, for, for a couple of months. And you know, everyone was questioning where they were at, questioning their leadership. And you know, you've got to give them a lot of credit for being able to turn around in season and, and adjust the, the game that they were playing. They, um, yeah, they've sort of just taken the whole competition by storm, haven't they, over the past... You know, eight weeks. They've obviously won nine in a row, but you know, beating you know Port Adelaide after they were, you know, I think they were thirteen in a row at one point before they came up against Carlton. They got got touched up here at Marvel, and then they had uh, had a game against Collingwood a couple of weeks later, and and obviously beat them when they were at their peak as well. No, they've been missing players throughout, which has been one of the probably the more impressive thing. They've they've been missing Chera and and Harry Mackay and, and Sam Walsh and Mitch mm-hmm. McGovern of, of late. So. They've been able to win games of football and missing some of their starts. So um, 
I think the depth of their side is, is something that's sort of been questioned over the years. That I think they've got really strong depth there now. So they're not just relying upon Paddy Cripps dominating week to week. They've, they've got stars throughout the side, but they've all, they're also their bottom six, I think, is really, really lifted in the past uh, couple of months. So um, I'm, I'm pretty excited, no doubt. Gives the easy, he's, he bleeds blue as well. But um, I sort of said probably four or five weeks ago they don't lose from here. So I've, I'm I'm sticking to that track, and I think they win it down the, down the track, and hopefully Gibbsy can come over and and celebrate with us. But um, we're not getting too carried away. On the, the, the lid certainly well and truly on around here, but uh, as as Gibbsy knows, the Carlton faithful they can give you a good smack when you're not performing, and they can get right around you when you are winning. So it's a good place to be at the Melbourne, at the moment, Melbourne, when uh, when the baggers are up and about. Yeah, it certainly is, Mark. And I was, was going to ask you that, the, uh, what sort of damage you think they can do in the finals, but you've obviously just answered that. But how do they um, manage match committee? So you mentioned all these other guys stepping up and, and just playing their role with a couple of guys coming back in. Do you reckon that's going to disrupt what they've done over the last nine weeks? Because, uh, as you said, key uh, personnel out, they've been able just to find a way and get it done. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one when people bring up that. Oh, you don't want to bring you know, players in and unsettle the mix for what's been working, but they've actually been having quite an unsettled side for, for that uh, that period where they have been winning. They've had players come in and out through injury and suspension and, um, and the like. So I think when you've got your best players out, you need to bring them in. There's no point just leaving them out because the side's been winning anyway. So I think it's a good problem to have. And I think the best sides over the journey that we've we've uh, we've seen when we've played against them gives you they've had great depth and I sort of just alluded to that before. I think they can can call upon guys who um, have been playing VFL for you know parts of the year. I think there was a, a game a few weeks ago where they had 16 guys playing in, in the AFL squad who had played VFL at, at various points throughout the season. So it just shows you that they've got guys who um, they can call upon that can fill a role. But I think when you've got you know, an Adam Chera who's missed, who I think would still be leading their BNF at the moment, um, and a Sam Walsh who we know how good he is. You, you bring those sides in. There's even been that discussion of having, having Harry McCoy come back through the VFL, which is quite extraordinary when you've got a Coleman medalist sitting there coming back in. But I think um, I don't think it will unsettle the mix too much. They've got to be smart about the way in which they go about it. I think they can't play all their tools all together. I think in, in finals, it'll be interesting to see which mix they go with. They've currently got Jack Silvani who's been injured but played VFL last week and now is injured again. So they'll obviously go with Pitney and, and DeConning in the ruck and then you've got your tools obviously up, up forward. But it'll be interesting to see what happens when Jack Silvani becomes available again, whether they go for a, a Tom DeConning to, to play first ruck and Jack play that more mobile second ruck. But it, uh, it's a good problem to have having a lot of these, these players come become available and now McGovern's back this week as well, which is which is handy. Yeah, it certainly is a good problem to have, as you said. And just one before we let you go. Obviously, you mentioned me and you uh, late uh, in the corner of Eve, late nights, <laughs> trying to work out uh, some projects that uh, we can start. But you're actually got a few projects on the go at the moment, mate. Do you want to uh, tell us about that? Doing some good yes. work in the uh, the business world. Uh, yeah, going all right at the moment. And you're right, because we did come up with quite a few plans or quite a few businesses over the journey that we we're trying to. <laughs> get up and about in the early hours of the morning after a few beers. But, um, yeah, just finished a pub that I've uh, been project managing uh, out in Kew in the inner eastern suburbs of, of Melbourne that um, has been going really well. So I've been open for over a week called the Clifton Hotel. 
Uh, so Guy Grossi is a well-known chef in Melbourne who's doing all the food there for us, which has been great. And then uh, into another one, the Vine Hotel in Collingwood, which will turn into a Spanish bar and restaurant. So, yeah, plenty going on and off-field, mate. So um, it's uh, it's sort of good to mix the doing the commentating on a on a Sunday that I do with, with ABC um, and then doing, obviously, the the uh, construction side of things, which I've, I've obviously been pretty um, passionate about over the years. Gibbsy, so um, yeah, keen to get you involved, mate. If you want to put your hard earned into a few pubs over here, mate. <laughs> Beautiful. Now I got a bit more time on my hands. I'll have to uh, look at that for sure. <laughs> Mark Murphy, um, thank you for calling in and giving us your very special insight on on some of Gibber's journey. Thank you. No, thanks for having me, boys, and good luck today, Gibbsy. You've been a been a superstar, mate. So hopefully the the boys can find a leg for you, mate, and get up against your old or your old family's mob in Glenelg as well, and. Um, probably from where it all started to where it all finished. It's pretty ironic that you're back out there playing at the bays. But uh, good luck, mate. You've been a star. So all the best, buddy. Thanks, Mark. There he is, Mark Murphy, Bryce's best mate, former number one pick as well for Carlton. Uh, would you say he was probably the closest of, of relationships at Carlton? Yeah, there's obviously a handful of guys that uh, that I was really close with and, and he's certainly right up there. And, mm. yeah, as you mentioned, just the – the experiences that we were able to share going through similar similar type um, pathway, mm. um, yeah, it was was very lucky that I had him by my side for most of my career. Nice. Uh, we're also going to chat to your Sanford coach, Jared Buffer Wright, as well. Get his view on uh, what you're bringing to the table at South. Huge previews of the Crows and Port Adelaide games coming up as well. Question time. Producer Jace is going to cast his eye over the wider world of sport, and we're going to tune into Ken Hinckley's press conference. So you don't want to miss that, and he's going to give his thoughts ahead of the Richmond game.